0: A surge of positive COVID-19 cases is becoming a common trend after a major holiday. Where folks gather and mingle, a wave of positive COVID-19 cases follows. We are two years out of the start of the pandemic. What's different? What have we learned? Recently, the Centers for Disease Control has been recommending that vaccines be issued more on a yearly basis, much like the flu vaccine, instead of when a new variant emerges. U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently voted that in the future, anyone who has a primary COVID-19 vaccine will receive the bivalent vaccine instead of the original formula. According to the New York State Department of Health, the new variant, XBB.1.5, has been found at the highest rates in the New York City, Long Island, and Mid-Hudson regions. These regions have also experienced the most elevated case rates in New York State since November 2022. But what about this current variant, XBB.1.5? Is it more dangerous? And why does it seem more transmittable? Dr. John Moore, a virologist with Weill Cornell Medicine in New York City, says the virus has become more transmittable since the Omicron first surfaced in the United States.
1: These viruses are increasingly transmissible. They have a greater ability to infect cells in the nose and and take root in the body, they also particularly have a greater ability to break through antibody protection that's been conferred by vaccination, previous infections, and both together. So we've seen this trend and it's a continuing trend and it will probably continue to be a continuing trend.
0: However, while this new variant is more contagious, Dr. Morris says it's not any more lethal than the previous variants
1: common tendency is to have a few bad days at home, um, and sore throat perhaps, uh, runny nose, some coughing, but it is very rare for healthy people, previously healthy people, to end up in hospital or worse. Dr.
0: Moore says those who end up in the hospital are usually older adults and those with pre-existing conditions.
1: Something we've seen throughout the pandemic, that the the more vulnerable people are the ones who suffer worst, and they are, of course, the ones who most benefit from vaccine protection.
0: According to the New York State Department of Health, 76% of New Yorkers have completed their primary vaccines. In Sullivan County, it's around 61% of the population. So why is the virus still mutating? And why does it seem like it's doing it at a fast pace? Dr. Moore says the virus's main goal is to replicate and find new ways to become stronger.
1: The driving force is for a greater ability to infect more people. And that can occur in one of two, well, multiple ways. But the two most common ways are to... Uh, increase its ability to infect cells in the nose so that less virus is needed to infect the person. So if somebody sneezes out virus near you, uh, you will breathe some of it in. And a more transmissible variant will take root if you breathe less virus in, if you were further away or if somebody coughed out or sneezed out a little bit less virus, it can still be a risk.
0: As more and more people become infected, the virus tries to fight its way around the antibodies and continues to mutate. While people are still being infected, Dr. Morris says the difference this time around, fewer people are dying in the hospital.
1: But those antibodies and other immune responses are still very effective at protecting against serious disease and death. So they're less effective at stopping infections, but they are still very effective at keeping people uh, alive and out of hospital. But we are seeing more infections because of these factors. The
0: Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are recommending changes to the vaccine schedule going forward, signaling a shift from an emergency response to a more long-term plan. Dr. Reena Patel, Medical Director for Garnet Health Urgent Care, says she thinks it's a good idea that the CDC is recommending this change.
2: For me, it just makes sense because if it's changing, we need to change with it to protect ourselves. And you know, if this is mostly, this is really big for me with our vulnerable population, our people who have comorbid conditions, who have other medical history that will make it a little harder for them to get past the virus or it could be potentially hospitalized, whether or not they have the vaccine. You kind of need everything on your side. So if they do end up coming up with an annual recommendation, I would support it. I would support it because it makes sense for me.
0: Dr. Moore said there are arguments being made on both sides. Some agree there needs to be a change, while others are against the transition.
1: There's a considerable amount of um, divergent opinion on what should be done. Uh, There are people who, so one of the proposals is to make an annual booster in, that would be given every September October. Uh, some people are arguing that that is uh, not a good idea because they think that there should be more frequent boosting, say every six months. Other people disagree with that. Some people are arguing that the composition of the vaccine needs to be changed. Other people think that would not be particularly helpful. So. It's quite, quite complicated, but there's certainly a lot of ideas out there, some of which are more practical than others, and we, I think we just have to see what happens in the next several days.
0: We are over two years into this pandemic. When the CDC first recommended masks to help combat the virus from spreading before there were COVID-19 vaccines, masks were very hard to come by. Online stores and distribution outlets raised prices as supply was limited. But now you can find a mask anywhere you go. There's no shortage of them. But what part do masks play in this current time of the pandemic? Dr. Patel says she's all about masks during large group gatherings, and they're still required in medical offices.
2: And I 100% find them very important when you yourself don't feel well. Just to be safe, to wear a mask, you know, whether you did an at-home COVID test that was negative, um, or you were seen by your regular doctor, If you have a cough, if you have a sneeze, if you're not feeling well, it's just respectful of yourself and to others to wear a mask to prevent the spread of disease. Because masks do show efficacy. Nothing is 100%, you know, but masks are helpful. So I I, I definitely still see them playing a role um, in our current lifestyle and in the future, to be honest with you.
0: Dr. Moore says masks do work. But there is an increasing number of people who want to avoid wearing masks in certain situations.
1: Well, masks work, but people are increasingly just don't wear them. And that's a strange feature of our society. And we're all we're all in this. I mean, I don't wear a mask um, in many places where common sense says I probably should. We don't. And yet, um, in in Asian countries, mask wearing has been absolutely standard behavior. So, yeah, we have to ask ourselves, what do we want here? Do we want the inconvenience of wearing a mask or do we want to get sick?
0: Recently, hospitals and urgent cares in our area had to turn away some patients because of the bottleneck of folks who came in with symptoms of COVID-19 RSV and flu.
2: During the holidays, we did have to um, hold back on registration quite a few times because we were just getting a bottleneck of patients signing in because, you know, we don't have scheduled appointments. And I think that just kind of reflects back on people just wanted to be responsible and they wanted to get tested and make sure that, you know, if they were experiencing some symptoms, it wasn't something that could be detrimental potentially to themselves or somebody else.
0: Dr. Patel says she was seeing young patients who are not only affected with COVID-19, but also RSV.
2: But we just had to be so much more careful in educating our patients and letting them know everything they could do at home to have the best ability to overcome the temporary illness that they were dealing with. Um, So it was a lot more phone calls, a lot more education, um, and a lot more questions because this was new for everybody.
0: When the vaccine was released, some people across the country were against the vaccine providing false information on websites and social media. According to Dr. Moore, the anti-vaccine movement has called many unnecessary deaths.
1: I mean, the anti-vaccine campaign has led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans, and that's a national tragedy. Um, the vaccination campaign has saved well over a million American lives and well over a trillion dollars in healthcare costs. It's seen a huge success, and yet it's being trashed by people with an evil agenda. And that evil agenda has killed a lot of people.
0: Dr. Patel says those patients who were not vaccinated were the ones suffering more in the hospitals.
2: People that were not vaccinated were suffering more on the inpatient hospitalized side. And I really just I, I feel more so for the people that were misled or misguided by um that movement.
0: Because of the anti vax movement, Dr. Patel said it made fighting the virus that much harder.
2: And being a physician, um, a lot of trust was lost and I think we're in a we're in a better place now. You know, we I think we all just tried our best, to be honest with you. And it just made it a little bit harder to get to where we are today. Um, it was almost like another wall when we had a potential for something that was, you know, even though it was new, it was helping us.
0: Going forward, COVID 19 will be a part of our lives, much like the flu and the common cold. We need to learn how to live with it, yet still be protected. Dr. Patel says as time goes on and as more and more research is done, we will be better prepared to fight infections. We
2: are more prepared with this virus, this subvariant, and we are in a better position, a much better position than we have previously been. I do still think vaccines are effective at preventing the infection and in most individuals they're very effective, overall preventing severe infection, which is what we are most concerned about.
0: Dr Moore says it's hard to predict what will happen in the future now that we have reached population immunity.
1: Most Americans have been previously infected, or vaccinated, or both. And that builds up a great deal of immune protection. So, and that means that most infections do not lead to the the worse outcomes. So that means we're living with the virus. We're not dying from the virus unless you're in a very high risk group of, of elderly or serious pre-existing conditions. So we are, now living with the virus. We're living with the inconvenience of becoming sick for a week with symptoms equivalent to a bad cold. So we are living with the virus and I assume that that's going to continue.
0: For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rubio.